Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. We're back, guys. It's episode 138. We're hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey guys, it's been a while. It feels like forever. Ah, uh, it kind of does, but we just took a little bit over a month, under a month. I don't remember, but holiday like, break. Yeah. I, I think feel it was like over a month because uh, it was Thanksgiving and then there was oh, the entire right. month of December. So it was like a month and a half. Okay. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Mm-hmm. But you were going through finals, Jen, and then. Oh. I went to Alaska. I mean, there was a lot going on. We're like, we couldn't get it together, but that's okay. And then Kristen was doing Adopt a Family. So, I mean, that was a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Uh, it went really well. Um, if you don't know, I coordinate a uh, yearly Adopt a Family program for Hollywood Community Housing Corporation here in Los Angeles County, where they provide uh, ongoing long term housing for homeless community, including seniors and uh, families affected by HIV AIDS. Uh, And so um, every year I get community donors to sponsor families and they get wish lists from the families and then they fulfill them to their um, to their best of their ability and uh, then drop off the gifts and I deliver the gifts and then uh, in January, which I'm starting to work on now, the families actually return thank you letters to the donors who help them out. So that is what I was working on. And it's a big undertaking every year, but I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing it for over 20 years now. Oh, wow. Really? Over yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is amazing. I know that I remember there was a year where, um, I mean, a year that I knew that people or donors would <clears throat> drop off the presents at the shop. Yes, they still do but Uh, there's a lot of donors who um either work (laughs) or live in the uh on the west side and heidi ho is much more convenient for them to drop off than um taking something down to the hollywood area which is where i am uh where the organization's main office is but also i remember you also have to do a lot of driving and picking up as well yes (laughs) (laughs) and that's where the craziness come in and on top of that you also wrap the presents correct uh not all of them uh the donors have the choice of whether or not to wrap their own gifts or bring them unwrapped and there are some who just don't have the time or like me if i was donating i'd be like sorry dude wrapping is where i draw the line (laughs) (laughs) because i do not like to wrap and the presents i do have to wrap that the donors uh give end up looking like they were wrapped by a drunk monkey so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i actually i I tell you this every year i enjoy wrapping my husband was like uh you're wrapping again i'm like honey i don't think you understand i enjoy wrapping i really enjoy it and i think it breaks down to uh, like two days or one day before Christmas, my mom and my aunts and stuff would put uh, lock themselves in a room. Oh, and yeah. all you could hear is the wrapping paper and laughter. And uh-huh. so I think I associate that with that. And I always used to love watching my mom rap because she was just so 
delicate about it. Like my mother just, too. Yeah, it was just such a beautiful thing to watch. I didn't inherit that gene. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy well, rapping like that. Like during the holidays, I actually did enjoy that part of my job was like wrapping the presents. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's just I, that there was a lot of people who wanted to rap, and sometimes yeah. they'd be like, "Can you hurry up?" And I'd be like, "No, <gasps> no. Can you hurry up? This is no. art, madam." <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, am I... wrapping somebody else's gift. I will not speed up the process for you. <laughs> I have a best friend who like creases the paper, and the corners are so nice and even. She uses ribbon and bows, and like. The the uh, name tag will coordinate <laughs> with the paper, and I'm like, whatever. Like, if I have a foot extra paper, I don't even cut it off. I just like <laughs> fold it five times until I tape it. No ribbon, no bow. Um, one Maybe year, <laughs> what, one year they didn't even get stickers. I just got a sharpie and wrote people's <laughs> names on the <laughs> Incredible. Oh, wow. I mean, this year, I think, okay, because I, I bought a lot of labels. So like, I've been using the same labels that are like ugly and dried up and discolored for two years. But this year, I was able to buy a whole new one. So I in my head thought, which one matches the paper? So that I went a little bit extra there. But ribbon, that's something I haven't done yet at all. Like, no. <laughs> but uh I know uh, for those of you guys out there in listening land, unfortunately, our Jen is sick. Poor Jen. And uh, she's battling through that illness to be here with us today. So um, and I I know that uh, Krista went to San Diego Comic-Con in November. How was that like? I did. Actually, when you mentioned that we went to San Diego Comic-Con and that you hadn't heard about it yet, I'm like, what? When was that? (laughs) <laughs> where did i go when did i go <laughs> what year is this <laughs> and that's right it was because it was during that time of thanksgiving yeah, they postponed san diego comic-con this year where it usually happens some weekend in july and because of covid and just wanting to be safe they postponed it all until november and happened to be the weekend of thanksgiving so uh eddie and i did go and one of the um, one of the differences of this particular convention is that none of the major uh, movie studios or comic publishing companies were there. There was no Marvel. There was no DC. There was no image. There um, was no uh, Warner Brothers or uh, CW, any of that stuff. Um, and so there was just a lot of comic vendors um, novelty vendors, pop vendors. Um, and it was just a really weird, surreal feeling to walk down the streets of San Diego gas lamp district and actually look around and there just be emptiness. Like there was nothing set up in the front of the convention center across the street. Like usual, there was nothing in the back of the convention center at all. Um, it was just really, really weird to be in San Diego during the time where you know it's Comic-Con, but it doesn't feel like Comic-Con. Um, one positive thing about the event is that uh, you could actually take adult-sized steps on the 
on the convention <laughs> hall floor. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't have to shuffle along uh, at all because um, there were so many people uh, because there weren't that many people. And um, you like usually the convention hall um, exhibitor hall is like four huge halls. They open up all the barriers and they just use them all. And it takes me all four days or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all five days to get mm-hmm. from one end to the other. And I do it methodically every year. I start at one end and I just go up and down until <clears throat> whatever panel I need to go on or we're leave going to dinner or whatever. And then I start in that row that I left off the next day and I just keep on going, talking to the exhibitors and the, the people in um, Artist Alley and just enjoying my time. Eddie and I only needed half a day to finish the entire hall. uh, And they only used one section of all of that thing that was open. It was just a small little (coughs) tiny portion. Maybe it was two actually, but it was so small. So, Um, I mean, you know that, you know, like you can go in through the doors and you know, section A through what yeah. H or uh-huh. F? Mm-hmm. How much of that did they take off? So, like, was it A through B now? Or <laughs> um, good question. I didn't pay attention to where it uh, where it cut off because not only what did they only use um, a portion of it, but they had it all completely blocked off. Like the walls, the the movable walls were up, so you couldn't even uh, you. Behind the wall is actually where they had, they moved the, um, where you pick up your badges and your uh, bags and stuff. They moved it downstairs what? Uh, into one of that, those sections. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Back, like, to, back to its original roots. Pretty much. Well, yeah. actually, yes, because um, I, if you talk to a lot of people who've been attending Comic-Con over the years, they'll tell you how. Back in the day, they could drive down on Saturday morning and walk right up to the box office and buy tickets and walk in and enjoy a day at Comic-Con. And this year, the tickets did not sell out. They still had tickets available on Saturday. Um, The only caveat to that was that, unfortunately, uh, Comic-Con, the corporation was only selling three-day tickets. It was three days for $150. There was no single-day entrance. Um, And so uh, I think that's probably because they knew that people would come and realize that they only needed one day. (laughs) But um, so uh, a lot of people, uh, I think, opted to just pass. And in talking to um, people who had tables and exhibitors, a lot of them actually mentioned that the Comic-Con attendees this year were a lot of um, locals from San Diego who had always wanted to go, but never had the opportunity because you and I, we all know that if you want to go to Comic-Con, it's not a last minute decision that you make. You have to plan a year in advance you have to sit in front of your computer oh, at yes. a certain day at a certain time that they arbitrarily send you an email sometimes the day before to tell you. Yep. And you're sitting in front of your computer for hours sometimes waiting to sign up and hoping that you will get picked. And so if you don't have your tickets months in advance, you're not going. 
And mm-hmm. so this year, because um, everything had changed and it was like, uh, it was called Comic-Con, uh, Comic-Con special edition, I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of people who had not necessarily been able to go in the past were able to go. So that was kind of nice. We talked to some of our artist friends who said it was kind of cool to um, to really actually be able to uh, talk to a whole new group of Comic-Con attendees. That's amazing. That's really that's really true. Like uh, um, uh, some of my family members lived in San Diego and they're like, yeah, we've never been to Comic-Con. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, just walk around outside. There's a lot of things to yeah. do outside. And they would do that, but they never had been able to get tickets to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the million dollar question is, Kristen, were you able to park underneath the convention center this year? <laughs> uh, you know what? To be honest, I don't know because Eddie and I rented an Airbnb oh. that was a mile away and we just walked every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. I remember back in the day, like back when I used to work at Diamond Comics, I would work my, my shift, got in the car and drove to San Diego, parked underneath the convention center and was able to attend Comic-Con. Yeah, the first year that Eddie and I went uh, together, we did the same. We parked right underneath inside the convention center. And that was the first and only time that ever happened. Yeah, that's that's nuts. But wow, it just sounds like a real throwback of how it used to be back in the olden days. Back, back, yeah. back in the olden days. Like <laughs> I would have to say, I mean, I'm 45 now and it was like in my early 20s that it was like really small mm-hmm. and just th- that you mentioned that none of the like big um, movie people were there. It just feels like it would have been like it was 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Did they have panels back then? Uh, you know what? I wasn't into panels, so I don't remember okay. uh, if there was, I didn't, if there was, I didn't attend any. Um, I was all about getting a line, getting signatures and autographs and stuff. So that's what um, that's what I did. And also Back when you people, didn't have to put your name in a lottery to do so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can tell you stories about trying to get Neil Gaiman's signature. It's just horrific. <laughs> horrific. Um, anyway, um, I for Thanksgiving, I went to Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, my brother failed me. And when I say that, I feel that I failed him as well. So what happens is uh, we ended up, Frank and I ended up doing a beer crawl, like our, our very own beer crawl, because there was uh-huh. one for sale on Groupon for like almost $300 per person. And I was like, hell no. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, it included transportation, which is probably why, because you don't want to drive in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> but we just took Ubers. Um it just uh, so we went to a uh, we went to one called 49th State, which was OK, it was just really all the bells and whistles, really huge. Um, but I wasn't really impressed with their award winning beers, one of which was smoke flavored. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Me either. Uh, so <laughs> then um, I experienced some other beers on tap. So I was able to go to one of the ones that I really like, particularly was called Midnight Sun. Mm. And that had more like of a like of a monkish kind of laid back feel. And I really, really or more like a what is the brewery that's by your house? Um, Strand, like the Strand, like really cool, like benches, lights, you know, beautiful kind of ambiance. Mm-hmm. So um, and then from there, we went to King Street. Uh, we took an Uber to King Street, which was like a 10 minute drive. And uh, King Street uh, was really nice two uh, stories, but just like really nice, like really like minimalistic and just really awesome. And from there, 
I really, I hadn't tried this beer at all. It just so happened that when Frank looked at his maps, he said, there's another brewery right down here. It's like a walking distance. And I said, well, fuck it, let's go, you know? So we ended up walking there and we ended up at uh, Anchorage Brewing Company. Oh, uh uh-huh. We went in there and I thought, oh, it's some little piece of, you know, a hole in the wall, whatever. But when we stepped into that brewery, it was freaking beautiful. Everything was wood. Oh, cool. The the brewing barrels. uh, Some of them were wood. And some of the barrels that were made out of wood, like these humongous, humongous barrels of wood, they they. Uh, cut out and refinished so people can go inside and just sit and have like a moment like you oh know, cool it was i mean i took a video so i'll post it but uh it was just <laughs> so, um i i get to the um pouring area and then i i see that they have on tap they have chamay chamay mm-hmm. and, and i was like oh my god they have like really good beers on top and i said look i am from out of town to just serve me what you guys brew because I want to taste what you guys make. Yeah. So we had some, some, and then one of them, to my freaking surprise, tasted really similar to Monkish. And I was like, oh my God, Frank, you got to taste this. It tastes just almost like Monkish, and, but a whole different little twist to it. So we tasted it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. So I ended up buying a four pack. And then I come home, and that's my gift to my brother. I gave him the beer. And he's like, oh my God, you know what? This brewery did a collaboration with Monkish. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Like I could have, I could have taken them a ca- monkish can and we could have opened up a conversation. I don't know, maybe do a little interview with them. I don't know. He's like, I forgot to ask you what city you were going to, and you never told me. Oh, <laughs> that's like, funny. Oh my I'm god, failure. Like, that's like, pretty next, funny. Next time I go somewhere, I'm gonna tell you where I'm going to, so you could tell me, if, like, what breweries to visit or what tra- what to try to hit when I'm there. So I feel like you went to the city of no people. It was so <laughs> desolate and spooky and like 30 <laughs> days of night. Like yes. it, every time you like would share a picture or a video, I'm like, I, I, I would yell at my phone, run, Sarah, run. <laughs> They're going to eat you. <laughs> oh man. It was glorious. There was no one outside. Oh, no one. Wow. It was just crazy. Like <clears throat> we would walk for like two hours and just see like five people. It was yeah. just so amazing. But the people we did see, like on Thanksgiving, every one of them would say Happy Thanksgiving, unless mm. they were running, because they run there. And Frankie yeah. is like, Oh, look, there's another one running. And it'd be <laughs> like uh, uh, somebody would like, like this, this like breath, you could see their breath yeah. every time they breath. And then their little cheeks were so red, red, <laughs> like rosy red. But no, it was just a wonderful experience. And like I said, um, um, yeah, I, I was in an, a brewery that did a collaboration with Monkish. Monkish went up there and did a collab with them. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah so like just out of the blue, we, we hit the spot and it was really awesome. And I actually have a can for us to share when we get, get together and do a beer share. I'm bringing that with me so that we could taste it. Maybe to um, Modesto's event. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that that happens. I know know what you mean. I know what you mean. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So, um, okay. Have you watched King, not Kingpin, Hawkeye? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I'm going to talk about Kingpin, but okay. (laughs) So, 
here's my thing. I we finished it. I think we finished it. Yeah, oh, I finished, finished it. it. Yes, I definitely. Uh, and um, as has already been reported, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, fast forward for like uh, twenty seconds. <laughs> um, Kingpin comes out in the end of this series of this season. Um, and one of the things that as I was watching super super bothered me was that kingpin appears to have superpowers like superhuman strength the way that he would pick up kate and fling her across the way or the way that people would like go to hit him with things or even in a car i don't even remember now what happened but it just seems so like wrong because He's just a human being. And you know what? This bothers me in the comics too. Like Kingpin is just a freaking human being. And I told Eddie, is being fat a superpower? (laughs) Because because that's the only thing that puts him aside from everyone else in the series is that he's just a big man. So anyway. That's quite literally juggernaut. (laughs) Juggernaut (laughs) is just fucking fat. (laughs) So uh, turns out that Vincent D'Onofrio actually came out to address this particular issue because apparently I wasn't the only one who was annoyed with this. Apparently there's a lot of fans who have been saying, hey, what the heck's going on with Kingpin? He doesn't have superpowers. Um, And... Vincent himself came out to say, oh, ye of little memory. (laughs) Apparently, there's some scenes in Daredevil where he did the same thing with Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil character, picking him up, flinging around, whatever. He's like, it's the same. It's canon. It's just how we've always been. It doesn't explain. That's all he says. Doesn't explain how he can do it. Or uh, why they are focusing on it. And it just really annoys me. So that is my chisme that I'm annoyed <laughs> that <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio told me, call my tits. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, I felt that same way when I saw the movies and when I read the comics. And even in the cartoons, uh, Kingpin has always been able to put some uh, put somebody. Uh, pick up somebody over his head and, and launch them into yeah. uncertainty. So same in the freaking video uh, video uh, video game. He oh, comes really? out. He's one of the uh, first, I think uh, first uh, bosses, bosses that come out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he just like, will not go down for anything. <laughs> he's a tank. Yeah. Here's the thing is that I think it's the way that you do it. Like I think the reason we were able to forget about it in Daredevil is because they only did it a few times. Mm-hmm. Like if you do it a few times, then it I think that makes sense. Like you can like kind of weave it into the storytelling. Like he's a big guy, he can take a few hits. Um uh like kind of like linebacker style. That's yeah. kind of what he is. So he can take a few hits, but after a while, like he's it's gonna affect him. So when they do it like two back to back it's like this is bullshit kind of it loses <laughs> the realm of like could be real or you could like kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit which is right. what happened i think in the daredevil series is that it didn't happen a lot it's like like he brushed it off like a few times but it wasn't repeated it was kind of like a every once in a while kind of thing but then with the hawkeye from what i've seen of clips 
is like it's like they do it like back to back to back to back and it's just like okay like what the fuck is going on here like it's not it's no longer you no longer have that sense of um uh, that suspension of disbelief it's just like okay so what's his what's his bullshit superpower ability or whatever yeah i i was waiting for them to come out to be like oh he took like this I don't know because he has money. So it is not beyond the realm of possibility that he paid for this power, yeah. but they never mention it. And it's always just in the comics too, that he's just a kingpin. He's just a mafioso type character who is super big. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that is my cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick by being fat is a superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for sure. I have some cheese as well. Um, I've already posted it on our Instagram. But for those of you who remember, I was I had bought well, my husband bought me tickets to go to Puerto Rico Comic Con in January 14th through the 16th. And I was gonna attend Puerto Rico Comic Con and I was all set. I had my Bluetooth microphne ready to go. Fancy. Uh, I know. I, I I paid top nod. It was it was on sale, but I still um you pretty much uh you connected to your audio um on your phone, Bluetooth, but you can move around. It's a little kind of microphone that you could clip on your lapel. And it makes the audio and I feel a lot of YouTubers can use this because a lot of people start screaming at their phone because they want the audio quality to be really up there. But if they get this cute little uh, Bluetooth microphone, uh, they're able to speak normally and get like a very clear audio. So anyway, I was really excited. I was going to do interviews and all of this and all of that. But it turns out Puerto Rico Comic Con has moved its dates from January to the new dates, April 15th through the 17th of 2022. Uh, so, womp, womp. I know, sad trombone. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'm going to be in Puerto Rico with nothing to do. Oh, please. You're going to eat and enjoy and dance. <laughs> and I don't think there's nothing to do in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Not unless you live there all the time. Real, I well, first of all, I'm very excited to actually shop in person at Cosmetica Cos uh, Necromancy Cosmetica. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't remember, Kristen talked about it on her Juntos y Fuertes on a previous uh, episode where this company based in Puerto Rico <coughs> made out of natural products in Puerto Rico and is cruelty free uh, by those Puerto Rican sal y des. Um, and I was going to say I, sal y pimienta. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, sal y des, uh, two per goth uh, Puerto Ricans making this brand for all types of melanin, which I love. So I'm very excited to go and check out their shop. Um, so I was probably not going to be able to go to the shop because they have limited shop hours mm-hmm. if the convention was going on, if, you know, oh. yeah. so now I'll be able to head down there and I know they'll be open when I go. And of course, on top of my list is mofongo. So I can't wait to eat that. I am, uh, I understandable, understandably, I, I know that they've, uh, postponed it and you know a lot of uh stuff going on right now with cases and covid and things like that but this is um like going to puerto rico uh for people who are exhibiting like that's a big deal and like to 
it, there's a difference between, oh, postponing driving up to Modesto or down to San Diego, but going all the way uh, over there. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of their own um, local creators that were going to go. So, but for people who maybe were uh, flying over, it it does create a, kind of a, a big issue because that's a lot of extra planning and money going out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to cancel. I'm just going to go. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully I can do like a little hiking tour or whatever. I know there's uh there's beaches and then there's uh, um, Puerto Rico Antiguo, uh, old Puerto Rico. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I can find something to do, even if it's just walking around and just uh, visiting a new city. I think it'll be great. I'll yeah, probably, I do, too. I'm also going to look for breweries and try to bring up some of that local brews from over there. Ooh. I think Medalla is one of them. I'm not sure, oh. but I'll check it out. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen. What is on your radar? Okay, so on my radar this week is a number one by a very small publishing company called Upshot. Um, it's by ADA, wait, AWA Studios, um, and it is called Fourth Man. Number one just came out this last week, which was a seven, six, uh, January 5th. <laughs> 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 to count backwards. Um, and uh, it opens up to a story. Uh, and just so you know, this is a limited four issue series. So um, jump on now because um, it will be coming out and ending very quickly. But we open up uh, in issue one to these two detectives who are walking into a rural morgue. Uh, I'm not sure actually now what state it's in, but like. I just pictured it to be like my hometown or something like that. Uh, And there are three dead bodies that have all been murdered within the span of three weeks. So these detectives who are from opposite sides of the tracks are trying to determine who put them there. um, And if the murders are linked and we also as readers learn that there are these two used car dealerships that are directly across the street from each other who are um like direct competition like they're dueling car car dealerships and we as readers see some background of one of the owners of one of the car dealerships actually planning to kill the other owner of the other car dealership because he's just tired of having to compete and with his with his uh, underhanded dealings over there. So um, the first dead body we see actually is connected to this guy who is trying to, he's actually the hired killer of the guy. So that opens up a whole new mystery. Like the guy who was hired to kill this other guy is the guy who ends up on the slab. So that whole thing is a mystery. And we are just left with a whole bunch of questions. And this particular book is written by Jeff McComsey and uh, drawn by Mike Diodato Jr. And um, it was actually inspired by a true crime story uh, that actually happened in Asia. So it is super, super uh, intriguing and fun. And they actually 
describe it as a dark comedy mystery thriller. So if any of those things um, are interesting to you, I would definitely check it out. The first issue was super, super interesting. Um, Opened up a whole bunch of mysteries that as a reader, you're just wondering, where is it going to go from here? So that's fourth man number one. We do still have some in the shop if you're interested, but definitely check it out. Oh, that sounds really cool. I, was, I thought you were going to say it was like uh, the Clint's and the McCoys or the Capulets oh, yeah. and the, <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds really, really cool. All right, guys, it's that time again, <gasps> Kristen. What time oh, is it? What we time haven't is had it? it for so long. Es la hora de la, la cervecita. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. Oh. And today we are trying one of the beers that I actually procured uh, when I went to San Diego for San Diego Comic-Con. And I discovered this very quaint little brewery called McKellar Brewing in San Diego. And one of the unique things about them is that they generally only brew one and done. They only brew limited series. Most of them they do. She did the person who was there who was helping me that day did say that they had a select few that were so popular that they would do them seasonally, but they were not um, always on tap. It was just a seasonal thing. But most of their other uh, beers are just limited series. And I really um, thought that was interesting, but also kind of sad because if I wanted, if there's something I really liked, I was never going to get it again. Um, Which in fact, there was one there that I fell in love with and they (laughs) didn't have any um, to go uh, canned already. And their crowler machine was broken. Oh but my it was God. Actually probably all for the best because a crowler was $35. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. What is, oh my God. It's like uh beer collecting at a comic book, uh, level. That's yes. crazy. So the one we have today is called Henry's holiday cheer. Cause remember I was there during the weekend of Thanksgiving and they had a lot of uh, a couple of different holiday beers. And this is a, a kettle sour ale with cherries and holiday spices. And you guys all know what I, how I feel about uh, sours. So I know, I'm really surprised. About this. <laughs> So, uh, and this is a 5% um, ABV and uh, let's see, this doesn't really have too much information on it. It was in a, um, in a smaller can, a smaller pint can uh, and available. A lot of their beers were already canned and available to sell um, in uh, four packs or in singles. Um, but they also, like I said, had a crawler machine, which unfortunately was down at the time. She actually even offered, she offered me to do something that she was going to try to, to try to, um, actually can or bottle the one that I wanted, but I wanted it for the show. And so we would have had to save it for a time that we all would have been together. And I was like, it's not because I loved it so much. I was like, it'll never make it. So (laughs) I just declined. So this is. Henry's Holiday Cheer. So I'm going to just open my can. Henry's Holiday Cheer. It smells. Oh, my God. uh, Just as a visual, 
Um, I am pouring and drinking this beer still next to my Christmas tree, even though it is January. Because <laughs> we have not taken it down yet. <laughs> so just looking at it, uh, it's definitely a uh, light, clear caramel color. Um a little hint of red. I was going to say, uh, uh, you can kind of see a hint of pink or red in there. Uh, and when you pour it, the head was actually nice and fluffy and very, very fizzy. But when you smell it, you can smell the sourness. I'm fluffy head, that's what she said. <laughs> mm. Mm. It, you know what? The smell was really deceiving because oh I, when I smelled it, I thought it was going to be like super sour, like pulque status. Like, oh, my God. Uh -huh. So I was like, Kristen, you don't even like this stuff. Like, why did she buy this? Yeah. But when you taste it, it is really, really good. Yes, I really enjoy it. It is really good for a sour. I really enjoy it, too. It's super light. Again, it's only 5%. Um, but it's super light and the sourness, the tartness of it is also very light. It's there, but it's, it enhances the experience. It doesn't like override it and, right. and own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I definitely taste the holiday spices. That's what really, really drew me to this one in particular, because I'm really, and the one I loved also was holiday spice. Oh my God. I, I, I think I texted you guys, or I made the, the uh, message that it was like better than sticky monkey, like 10 times better than sticky monkey. Oh my gosh. I, I wish you had right I now. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> this teary eyed. <laughs> <laughs> like I miss it so much. I mean, yeah, you did make that comment, and I was like, "She's already drunk." That <laughs> 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 that can't be so. So, and the, the problem with that is like I'm upset because this is a one and done brew. I know you'll yes. never know what what magic your mouth tasted. Yep. <laughs> I'm just hoping that people. Um, like myself, loved it so much that they will try to encourage the uh, the owners of McKellar to do something similar. Um, they had a <coughs> which one they had that they said that people wanted it to be um, that it was their favorite and that they do it seasonally. I can't remember which one it was, but it uh, when I tried it, I it was not for me. And I think oh, it really? was also sour. So, um, but it was way sour. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this one is really, really good. I really enjoy it. And I mean, it's light, but it has those like uh, flavorful holiday flavors. Mm -hmm. Not like you said, not overpowering, very complimentary. And it's just really, really good. Really good. Yeah. And I would definitely drink more than one of these at a time or at a sitting or at a party or whatever. Whereas most sours, I suffer through one and that's it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Agreed. Um, like I said before, I enjoy some sours, but if I have more than one, it'll definitely F with my stomach. Oh yeah. So, I didn't yeah, think about that. Yeah, definitely. Like by the second one, I'm, you know, I'm suffering in the restroom, like these horrible cramps. <laughs> wow. I was thinking just heartburn, but dang. 
<laughs> Maybe it is heartburn and I'm confusing them with cramps. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's it's uh it's really uh people that uh, I think people who can power through two or three sours are have like an iron stomach because for me I definitely feel it after the second one. But this one it's just so I smooth. I don't think I'd have that problem and I really enjoy this. Yes, very very good. So, are you ready to uh, grade it? Yes. And just to let you guys know out there in listening land, um, uh, Jen is not having any beer because she's sick. And we, do, we want her to get better. And drinking beer, cold beer, is not a way to do that. So, she is bound. Yeah, and I can't taste anything. <laughs> yes, no. that too. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So, she wouldn't have like a true rating of this beer if she tried it. Well, mm-hmm. my grandmother would tell her to take a shot of tequila, put a uh, put a blanket or towel over her head, and put some boiling water with men- with a uh, vapor rub in a, <laughs> in a in a bowl, and that she would be all better by morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have to try that next time because that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there is something similar that. Uh... Is to be done, but I don't think that works in. Oh, well, I might as well say it, but I do have COVID to the listeners out there. I probably got it from work. So, Jen the is usual, a retail warrior. Yeah. Yes. The, the, what is it? The essential workers. Yes. Uh, or, sorry, unskilled labor, as they're uh, calling it now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big yeah. deal right now. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Be- before they were heroes and essential workers. And now uh, now they're they're being demoted to uh, unskilled workers. Uh, uh-huh. The unskilled workers who uh, they who don't still... want to work anymore because they're getting fucking sick. Yeah. But that are still required to go to work. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So anyways. I'm sorry, Jen. Yeah. Sana, sana. Corita de Dana. I'm just going to nurse this bottle of Musinex. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Give us your rating. (laughs) 10 out of 10, do recommend Musinex. We'll knock you out. Um, But just as a reminder to our listeners, we do rate on a five-point scale where one is flaccid, Two is initial, three is partial, four out of five is full, and a five out of five is rigid. And if there is a beer that we absolutely cannot put onto the scale because it is just amazing out of this world, it is a Super Saiyan. So, uh, Sarah, do you want to start with your rating? I'm going to go... You know what? I haven't had a beer in a while, and maybe that's what is tipping, <laughs> tipping my scale over. But um, I really am enjoying this. It's a really nice surprise. I love the flavors. I love how it's not overpowering in the sour department, and I really, really enjoy it. And um, and I'm glad that you found a new um, brewery that has this like niche of not brewing anything twice. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna yeah. give it a, a five, a rigid. Ooh! Wow. Damn. Yes. I'm really well, going to have to try this beer once I get better. Yes. When um when we discovered it, uh, there's also a little boutique motel hotel uh, right in uh, Holiday right around- Inn. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> right around the corner in the little area, a little area, little Italy area 
of San Diego. And so I was thinking we could take uh, a girl's trip down there and stay there one time. And there are enough little breweries and wine actually too, tasting places within walking distance. There was another brewery that I stopped at before I hit this one that was not good. It was as if I, as if I had stumbled onto the bud light of breweries. Um, (laughs) There was nothing good there. Uh, and so, and their IPAs were just super, super, just like nondescript. I don't even remember what they're called, but anyway, um, and it's in little Italy. So we could just stumble from pasta place to beer place, pasta place to beer place and have the best freaking time of our lives. Oh my God. Just (laughs) bread and butter right now. Sound freaking like amazing. Um, Oh my God. Let's do it. Let's do it. uh, Yes. Uh, so I am going to give it a full, uh, which is a four out of five. Um, I really enjoy it. And for a sour, it really shocked and surprised me. Um, I really love that it has holiday flavors. I can taste like some nutmeg and maybe like some cardamom in there. Um, really, really flavorful. But at the end of the day, it's super light. Uh, and even though it's flavorful for what it is, it, it isn't a full flavor like an IPA type thing. So I'm going to give it a full Um, And I definitely would drink it again and am interested to see what they come out with next holiday season. Oh, absolutely. And I think my reading also leans towards this is a holiday brew. And I I feel like with this, um, with this beer, you can have like those holiday treats. Like, yeah, uh yes, like some candy brittle or whatever you guys yes. call it or ke- oh kettled corn i think it would be a great pairing with Ooh, kettled corn yeah so yeah i think that's where my rating lies too because i feel like i could definitely have some snacks with this beer mm-hmm. so that has been our beer review all right guys now it's time for our book review and what are we reviewing today So today we are reviewing a book that I actually had on my radar um, months ago when it first came on to uh, initial order, I believe. Uh, And I was so excited about it because the premise sounded so funny Uh, and it's written by and written and drawn by two Latinx creators, not only two Latinx creators, but two Latinx creators who are members of the LGBTQ community. So we are reviewing Lifetime Passes, written by Terry Blas and drawn by Claudia Aguirre. So here is a little premise. Now, the premise that I read and the premise that you kind of get uh, from the back of the book is that there is a group of teenagers who basically buy into the urban legend that if somebody in their uh, group who is attending this big theme park dies while they are there at the theme park, everyone else gets lifetime passes from that group. And so they start, they cook up a plan to start taking seniors from the local senior center to the park to quote unquote, (laughs) hopefully be lucky (laughs) and have one die while they're there so they can all get lifetime passes. So that is the loose 
premise. And that's what I had in my mind as I went into reading this book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But let me tell you, I was shocked AF at how deep the storylines and character development of this book actually was. Like that was a super fun, funny premise. And I just thought it was going to be like lighthearted and like, you know, go from there. But there was so much character development and story development in this book that actually surprised me uh, at where the story went that I was just like, wow, like Terry is super, super um, gifted, gifted and yeah, yeah, talent, a talented story writer. So magical. I mean, I went into this thinking, like you said, lighthearted comedy. But I also thought maybe there's going to be like some uh, supernatural or some magical realism, you know, with the whole oh, death uh-huh. and lifetime passes and stuff and it being like a, a big bit of a mirror of the magic kingdom and stuff. But oh, my God, there I had so many feelings at some point. I, you know, like, the OK, so uh, Jackie lives with her aunt mm-hmm. and her aunt is taking care of her and Jackie is going through kind of this. Um, kind of this darkness in her life right now she basically um, she helps out her aunt and she's you know she's very uh, she's very nice and she's very helpful and um, she does as she's told like as far as helping her out in the nursing home because her her aunt works in the nursing home Uh, but most of the time she spends with her headphones on and listening to loud heavy metal music Um, And let me just tell you, uh, just right off the bat, when I saw Jackie and met Jackie, she had this shirt on with a. Now, imagine this, guys. It's a black T-shirt with the Metallica font. But instead of saying Metallica, it says Mexicana. And I just want to have that shirt. Like, I already (laughs) looked online and found the shirt. And I'm going to get ready to buy it because I want that shirt. Um, and a lot of the characters in this story are very well dressed. The art is superb. It really is just amazing. Um, but basically, Jackie is going through this dark phase in her life. And, you know, she befriends kind of like a group of friends that she really doesn't agree with, but she wants to keep and, and keep as a friend. Because basically what happened is her parents both got deported and she's here on DACA. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the reasons uh, she stays friends with this group of people is because she says I already lost my parents I don't want to lose any more people mm-hmm. and so even though they are very questionable her friends uh, she sticks by them and she actually there was a, a point in the in the story where they said you know you completely are a different person around them yeah. um, you know mm-hmm. you're like a good person but when you're around them you're kind of an a-hole mm-hmm. and, and it was true and um, anyway I I think at one point I I actually cried a little bit, but tell us what you think, Jen, while I look for that. Well, it was a very, I, and I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised because we've read some of Terry Bloss's work before and we know Terry, uh, Terry's works before. And so I don't know what I had been expecting, but I had kind of been expecting something like more like funny and humorous and kind of, I guess, lighthearted, not so serious, but it was a very, very nuanced book. And it was very um, uh, heartwarming and heart-wrenching as well. Yeah. Because um, uh, like some of the, like some of the subjects that I get into um, uh, was very like heavy subjects. Um, uh, and the woman that Jackie connects to Miss, uh, Mrs. Adler. Mrs. Adler. Yeah. 
she like knows something's up and like but she doesn't mind it so much because like it for her it's like an excuse to like live a little mm-hmm. and um uh, to fulfill um uh, a promise um uh, to a loved one uh that she had made a long time ago so it was um uh, you have this entire cast of people you have Jackie who's uh, like a, a very nice person but like uh, Sarah said like she puts on a persona when she's with her friend group which I think isn't so strange and odd because I think there's there's a certain kind of um, uh, code switching that happens mm-hmm. whether intentional or unintentional depending on who you're interacting with and you can kind of see her in these like different phases like when she interacts with her aunt when she interacts with her friends when she interacts with Caleb who's a kid who's the uh, adopted sibling of one of the people in the friend group and then when she like uh grows co- close to mrs adler how that changes between them their relationship changes so i think it was it it was a really great fun it was a fun read i yeah. think there were certain points of like that were really really funny but it was also very serious because uh at some point in the book one of uh the elders that they take does pass away but not in the way that you would expect um mm-hmm. uh, and it becomes and it becomes very very touching very moving because um, um jackie and uh danny uh daniel i think his name is uh grew close to this person and now they're like oh like like they they start questioning their plan and whether mm-hmm. like it's whether it's moral and then you start thinking like oh shit well damn i guess so and um uh, shit kind of starts hitting the fan after that and it gets like it gets like pretty serious um, um but it was it was a very emotional nuanced book but it was still a lot of fun and i really enjoyed it oh yeah i mean <clears throat> you guys know that i like books where you learn things yeah um and then i you know what i did not expect to learn so much here um, there was mm-hmm. a lot of different points in this story with the characters that you grew to love, mm-hmm. where you learned something from them, from the relationship between Jackie and Mrs. Adler. You realize that there's a lot of us uh, as young adults or younger or young kids or teens that pretty much just kind of like ignore the older person or the elders, um, you know, like there is a reference to. Um, that she talks to her aunt and she's like, we we would never put our grandmother mm-hmm. in a home. She would live with us. And then, but I learned from that too, because the response from Jackie's aunt was, you know, we can't really have an opinion on that because it's cultural. Like they, they, they're dealing with their elders in a different way, but we are not one to judge because that's how they do it. And we just do it differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also learned between the relationship and, the identity searching of an adoptive um, Mm -hmm. Korean boy adopted into a white family. I mean, I learned that. I also learned about um, how you can get sucked into being an internet personality and not caring about the people or situations around you and just being just, uh, what is it called? Like when you have blinders on and you're just focused on getting more subscribers. Um, There was even a lesson on one of the, 
um, one of the residents of the of the nursing home that talked to Daniel about how it was growing up when everything was segregated mm-hmm. and how like life I think what 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 it was said was life um, gets better but you have to make it better you have to try to make it better it just doesn't become better on its own you have to work it's at not it. magic right that's what the character had said yeah and, and then, yeah I like that that was that yeah. was really nice and it was uh, very profound Yes, very profound. Definitely very profound. There's a, a, some history of old Hollywood. Um, there's even some some touch of how Mrs. Adler never had kids. And that was really frowned upon in, in her times in the 30s, in the 40s, and the 50s. So, I mean, there's all of that uh, rolled into one. And it's just really such an amazing book. It's so well written. It just... Um, like I said, at, at some points, I even got a little teary-eyed with, uh, with I think, the, the letter that she was writing to her parents and stuff like that. And some similarities that I, I saw with my family that mirrored some of the story. And um, I thought about, okay, now it's coming back to me. Okay, so I thought about my grandmother who passed away. And um, she lived her life a certain way, kind of a survival mode. And so, like... Sometimes I couldn't relate to that because I did not go through survival mode. You know, she became a widow very early on. She was pregnant with their uh, with their fourth child when he passed. So there was a survival mode kicked in. And um, so I could not identify with her and I could not relate to her. And then reading this, I feel like there was so much I could have learned from her if I had given myself the opportunity. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I got from this book. It was just really amazing. And yeah, I, I, I completely understand um, what you're saying about all the little intricacies of lessons and um, learning things and just life experiences, because there's so much that is in here and it, but it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel overwhelming and it makes it so freaking apparent that I'm sorry to say, well, sorry, not sorry. It makes it so apparent that a lot of writers out there are not measuring up because it's so (laughs) freaking easy. It's so freaking easy to include this kind of stuff in your stories because it matters it's relevant and people need to see themselves they need to see all of themselves in stories yeah and Mm -hmm. one of the things i loved about this book it's not a forced anything i mean you pick up on a lot of great little life lessons in here including the relationship with daniel and nikki daniel is a, a gay boy and Nikki is his, he thought his best friend, but she was basically just like using him as like her token gay friend mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pretty much using him, like making him do stuff that he really didn't even want to do. And there was, it was never said what happened in his old town or his old school, but there was something that happened that had him move. Yeah. And Nikki was the person that, um, that pretty much took him under her wing uh, when he was new to town. And so she kind of basically, I think, felt like he obligated, obligated. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is another set of feelings, like another set of people being seen in this book. And I just I just loved it. So 
in a book of about teenagers and uh, senior citizens, I find myself uh, identifying <laughs> with the senior citizen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I really appreciated the backstory of Mrs. Adler because uh, she actually, like, when you find out what her uh, history is with the park, I thought that was such a great little touch to put into the story. Uh, and you find out what her, um, why she wants to be at the park and why it means so much to her. And I really, really enjoyed that part of the story. And she's a little firecracker. Like I really liked her. Um, I really liked her personality and the way she was written in the story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was, she was just fabulous. Mm-hmm. what we yes. would call fabulous <laughs> like it was just really 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 well written the art like I said was amazing yes the flashbacks are in kind of a black and white uh setting um everybody looks amazing I love the wrinkles I love the um specifically I love the um um facial expressions there's a lot of lot of expressive stuff in their face and that that really propels the story in itself. It's really, really great. Uh, we didn't talk much about Burke. Burke is one of the friends, and he's basically Nikki's cousin. Cousin, yeah. Yes, and uh, Burke is a YouTuber, or as they call it here, they don't call it YouTube, they call it yeah. something else, which I thought was really uh, clever. Um, but uh, basically, he... They call it Uvid, I think. Uvid, yeah. He basically is sponsored by this energy drink company, Mm-hmm. And what happened, he was at a cemetery and he poured some of the energy drink onto a grave saying he's pouring some out for his homies. And people just lost their shit online and they, they were ca- trying to cancel him out. Um, his UVID was suspended. Uh, there was a lot of hate comments. So he was trying to rebrand himself by showing himself as a, the good guy, taking old people, old folks to uh, to this amusement park. But he was such an a-hole to all of them that it just even it, people would run into him. They're like run into him at the park. They're like, oh, that's that guy from you. But yeah, I heard he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and here he's uh, the thing is like and it's so true because uh, selfie sticks are not allowed at Disneyland right. yeah. and selfie sticks uh-huh. are not allowed in here. But he continually continues continuously tries to sneak him into the park for his UV channel. Um, but yeah, that uh, that is and kind of he a, reaps the consequences. He sure <laughs> does. <laughs> the foreshadowing. But yeah, the no, selfie sticks. Yeah. I, <laughs> from um, hell. But yeah, no, uh, you brought it up. But no, I definitely feel like this is an illusion. Like the amusement park here in is like a reference to Disneyland. Yes. And actually, that is true. Like I heard that it's true. People are constantly getting caught trying to spread ashes yes. at Disneyland. And in and- fact, Eddie has directions to put me in his pocket with a little <laughs> hole and just as he's walking, sprinkle me about. <laughs> you know, I was reading this book and I was like, thank goodness that's not one of the destinations I want to be at. So <laughs> but yeah, that's that's hilarious. And there's a lot of similarities. Oh, oh, oh. specific instructions to just throw me in Yosemite National Forest and let the wolves <laughs> eat me. 
<laughs> I love that. I mean, I've told Eddie from the beginning, if he, if I knew he wouldn't get into trouble, he could just put me in the dumpster. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like $3,000 for the minimum for the whole funeral and 600 to 800 minimum to have me cremated. Like I'm gone already. Like just put me in the trash. I'm done. I'm no longer <laughs> useful. <laughs> I like, that. okay. So one thing I want to say before we actually uh, rate it, um, I want to live in a world where I can go to a theme park and order me a churro sword. <laughs> that know, is that something cool. I want. That <laughs> was phenomenal. Yes. So they, uh, so you, what you do, you know, like it's junk food everywhere. Like, you know, they sell churros at Disneyland, but this churro is put on a sword. So you're carrying a sword and you're eating your churro. That is freaking magic <laughs> i want to cosplay jackie carrying around a <coughs> sword yeah, oh yeah i could probably do that yeah you could <laughs> no. you used to have the bangs i you know what i'll cut him just to cosplay <laughs> <laughs> that is commitment the, that is commitment. the bangs the noise canceling headphones let's go let's go i'm ready Yes, I just need to buy some checks. I haven't owned checks in a while. <laughs> but uh, yes, actually, are we? Do you guys want to uh, say anything else, or do are we ready to actually rate it? I think no, I'm ready, ready to, to rate, rate it. it. Okay, I'm gonna start. And oh my god, I love this book so much, and I was so surprised by the development of the story, the characters. I fell in love with all of them, including Nikki, because she's a kind of like a hardcore like. I, uh, kind of like a hardcore fan of the Disney yeah. princesses of this She's world. very mean girl, but Disney. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it like the whole panaderia and a cup of uh, a cup of coffee, but the Mexican coffee with the shot of tequila in it. <laughs> and I'm Salua. Oh, with the sword churro. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So I'll go ne next. This is Kristen. And for all the reasons that I've already stated, I also am going to give it the um, whole panaderia um, and a dull whip on the side because it, uh, there were a lot of similarities to Disneyland. But for legal purposes, obviously, we couldn't say. And, uh, and, uh, and the theming was all different as well. But there were a lot of parallels. Um, and I, everyone knows I love Disneyland. So that was just another level of, um, of story that I just really appreciated too. So the whole panaderia and a dull whip on the <coughs> Excellent. Incredible. You've explained the dull whip thing to me before, but I cannot remember it right now. Oh, it's frozen pineapple ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, and you can get it swirled with vanilla ice cream with pineapple juice. That's oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Okay. Um. This is Jen, and I'm gonna give it the entire panaderia as well. I really enjoyed the book and the story, and um, uh, where it went and how it ended as well. I think Terry and uh, Claudia did a great job with it, and I had, I had a lot of fun reading Hotel Dare, which they had um, uh, made a while, like I think 2019. 2020 2020 2019 one of the, one of those two yeah. uh but this was uh this was a great graphic novel by them again as well so 
the entire panaderia for me as well. And that has been our book review. <coughs> All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today, what I have for you is Access Guide to the Black Comic Book Community 2021-22. So this is a guide to comic books produced by Black creators, Black-owned comic shops, conventions, and podcasts that uplift the community. Awesome. Yes. So uh, the story behind this is that in 2020, heavy metal editor Joseph Illich Comic Beat reporter George Carmano III and anyone comics owner Dimitrios Fragescatos seized the momentum of the BLM movement brought on by the murder of George Floyd to produce a book called Access Guide to Black Comic Book Community 2020-2021. So while the publishers throughout the comic book industry showed solidarity with the BLM movement, the book showed definitely what books were being produced by black creators what stores were black owned and which conventions were there for the community the book itself was well received with articles in sci-fi wire publishers weekly and forbes and the successful launch of the first book prompted a fair in front of the anyone comics in honor of the creators featured in the book as covered by the local news and this is the new volume that is um uh, that they're making in succession to that first 2020-2021 book they have already met their pledge of $7,000. They're currently at $8,870 with 258 backers and six days to go. So if you kind of want to know like what comic books are currently being created uh, by Black creators, what podcasts are being, are being run by Black creators as well, and who is kind of like who to support this is a great resource uh and a great kind of jumping point uh if you want to like access like you know uh black created works so i think this is definitely uh should be in everyone's libreria as a way to you know get access to more stuff oh absolutely yeah there's so many great amazing podcasts books comics i mean it is just, I mean, I know um, Concrete Comics has a lot of <coughs> issues coming out with, with their all their characters. Um, I know Godhood Comics is has like 21 issues that are ready to just get printed. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of great, great information out there. Thanks so much for uh, for sharing with us, with us. Yeah, so it's Access Guide to the Black Comic Book Community 2021-2022, and you can access it on Kickstarter. And it is set up like the Overstreet Price Guide. So if you already have experience with that, then it should be easy breezy. Lemon squeezy. Yeah, lemon squeezy. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today timely uh in a timely manner i am going to talk to you about the publishing company that published this amazing book that we um reviewed today uh it is published company called shirley it's abrams comic arts shirley imprint and shirley 
uh, and that's S-U-R-E-L-Y, um, is a new line of graphic novels curated by the be- best-selling Eisner Award-winning author Mariko Tamaki, which I had no idea. That's super cool. Um, and it's dedicated to expanding the presence of LGBTQIA creators and content in the comics world. And um, it uh, the Shirley imprint um, publishes stories um, LGBTQIA plus stories by LGBTQIA plus creators with a focus on new stories, new voices, and untold histories in works that span fiction and nonfiction, including memoir, horror, comedy, and fantasy. Shirley aims to publish books that lend context and perspective to our current struggles and victories and to support those creators underrepresented in the current publishing world. They are bold, brave, loud, unexpected, daring, and unique. And if Lifetime Passes is any indication of the quality of books that they have, I cannot wait to read more of their uh, stuff. And you can find them by going to abramsbooks.com. That's A-B-R-A-M-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And they are... Um, under the imprints uh, section of the website. Um, And right now there are two other books on their page. In addition to Lifetime Passes, there is M is for Monster and Flung Out of Space. Uh, And so um, I'm definitely interested to check out what those are all about. Excellent. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And today, estamos saludando a... (coughs) Daniel Calvo. Daniel Calvo has a Kickstarter that's going to be in full effect on January 15th of 2022. As you guys remember, he is the writer of The Noche, God of Fire, and also Andy Starboy. Now, he is launches his, his Kickstarter on January 15th for The Noche, God of Fire, number one. I don't know if you guys remember, but we shared a link where you could actually read issue zero of The Noche, God of, uh, God of Fire. Um, if you haven't seen it, we'll repost it again. Um, you can get a feel for the story and a look at the uh, characters and how they've been developed. But yes, I strongly urge you to follow... Uh, Daniel Calvo's uh, Kickstarter, and also you can follow this book and its activity on Instagram at Tenoch, T-E-N-O-C-H, God of Fire, G-O-D-O-F-F-I-R-E. That's Tenoch, God of Fire. Um, So yes, uh, make sure you follow that And you can actually click on the link so you can be um, notified when the Kickstarter becomes live. So again, we are saludando a Daniel Calvo, who is launching his Kickstarter January 15th for Tenoch God of Fire number one. Check it out, guys. Uh, Also, you can find Daniel Calvo on Instagram and on Facebook. And that's who we are giving out saludos to today. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. You can find us at comadrecycomics.com or you can email us directly at where? Kristen? You can email us at comadrecycomics at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social media platforms. 
Absolutely. So you can pretty much find us anywhere. Just just shoot us a message and we will be we will try to shoot you back an email or respond right away. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming back after our long holiday break. Uh, we have been your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>